Hello, and welcome to episode number 197 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This podcast is brought to you by Syndable, which is the all-in-one social media management tool that my agency uses every day to schedule our posts and analyze results. You can try them out for yourself by going to onlinedrea.com slash Syndable, and I'll put that link and any links we talk about today in the show notes, which you can find at onlinedrea.com slash 197. Today's guest is the fabulous Kate All. Kate is the founder and owner of Simple Pin Media, a Pinterest management and marketing company. Through their work with over 700 Pinterest accounts, they take data-driven approaches to crafting a Pinterest strategy that really aims to help their clients and students find the perfect person on Pinterest. Kate teaches thousands of people about Pinterest marketing through various speaking engagements, her podcast, simple pin podcast and she'll be coming into the savvy social school to teach us even more about pinterest kate welcome to the show hey it's so nice to be chatting with you i'm so excited to have you here today to dive into the world of pinterest it is something that often gets mixed in with social media even though it's kind of doing its own thing uh, which we'll definitely talk about but let's like get a little bit of your backstory How did you start with Pinterest marketing? Yeah, I started in 2014, but previous to that, I was helping a friend on her website. I was doing Facebook marketing and a lot of affiliate marketing over there. And I loved this whole idea of engagement and community. And we came up to a point with our family where we were super poor, living on food stamps, family of five, and we needed money. So a friend suggested you should manage people's Pinterest accounts because Facebook had changed their business algorithm for the very first time. And so people were stepping back and saying, where do I get traffic from now that Facebook has essentially turned that faucet off? And so people were looking to Pinterest, but they couldn't figure it out because it felt so personal. So the leap from personal to business use was just a lot for their brains. And so she said, you should manage people's Pinterest accounts. I said she was nuts. She was reminded me I had no money, so I should do it anyway. So I got a couple clients and I said, let's just go through the process of how I manage for you. Give me all the feedback because I really want to make this efficient for you because I knew that business owners, they just have so many things on their plate that they don't want to be having to tell somebody what to do or getting all these emails from them. So they gave me feedback and said, I love it. And they told a couple more people and a couple more people. And pretty soon I had a business on my hands. I was never, ever in my wildest dreams that I would be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so then late that year, I hired a business coach and decided, okay, let's actually take this to the next level. So that was eight years ago. Now we have hundreds of clients and students. I have a team of 35 and I guess I have a business now. You guess with a team of 35. (laughs) I love it. Yes, exactly. You know, Pinterest is different from the other social platforms. What makes it so different? Yeah, it has a lot of search components to it. So we tend to lump it in with Google and with YouTube because the intent of the user is so much different than Instagram. Whereas in Instagram, people go because they want to follow someone's life or they want to get lost or even TikTok too, like they want to pay attention to what's happening with somebody. Whereas when it comes to Pinterest, 
it's very much curating a life that you want. So it's a future dream, a future idea, a future vacation. So the user is going to the platform asking, what's in it for me? And searching only by keywords or phrases and not really interested in following people. So the buyer's journey is just so much different and they're so much colder that we don't lump it into the social media because it's really not about the person who's marketing. It's about them, the pinner. Mm, Yeah, so it seems much sooner in the buyer's journey. And since it's so aspirational, you know, let's just dive into how we track this because it seems like, you know, if someone's pinning something today, doesn't mean they want to buy it today. So as a business owner, what do we change about our marketing to kind of keep that in mind? Yeah, that's a huge one. And the tracking on Pinterest has changed so much in the last year and a half, 18 months, especially as their platform has changed. But what we want to keep in mind is at Simple Pin, we have a framework that we say pinners move through, which is inspire, inform, and decide. It's very, very low that a pinner will make a decision, a buying decision actually on the platform. Pinterest has said they're the great informer of purchases. And so people are tending to plan, like you said, two to three months in advance before they choose to buy and they're gathering a bunch of things. So if you think if you're a product seller and you're selling something like lamps or kitchen sinks or whatever it is, tile, you want to get in on that ground floor of planning. So people are asking certain questions when they're in the planning phase or if it's travel or even if it's business, what's the first question they're asking? They're not asking, where can I buy? They're asking, what's the best or how to? And so when you as a marketer are getting in that phase, what you need to know is that you might not be, here's a great example, actually. We have worked with a a company who does grief boxes. And what they realized was that people on Pinterest are asking the question, what do I say to somebody who's just lost a child or a parent? And they answer the question on their website with a simple blog post, but the solution is their grief boxes. Hey, this is what you can say, but here's also what you can send. So what they found was that they were able to have this really good pathway instead of just putting this thing on Pinterest that said, here's what you give to somebody who's in grief. Nobody's going to be searching that. They're like, what do I say? How do I act? You know, and they're really coming alongside the pinner in that journey to help inform them. So inspire and inform really are those two first touch points on Pinterest. And the data, to speak to that really quickly, the data is interesting because, so Google changed too last year. So what we see in our Google Analytics from Pinterest, it used to be very granular. Like we were able to see the pin that was driving traffic to the exact post. Well, that sense kind of lumped in together into this Pinterest.com slash, right? Which makes it really difficult. So when you go into Pinterest analytics, you're going to be looking at the clicks, right? They may be different than Google. So just know there's the discrepancy. Saves, because saves are going to tell you that there's an intent for later. And then also you were, the jury's still out on impressions and views still, but as Pinterest has changed with some new features, they're starting to come into play a little bit more. Okay. Yes. I have a lot of follow-up questions because this is something that we really want to dive in here because it's not the same approach as some of the other channels. There's a nuance to it. So if you're looking at Pinterest, um, it seems like, you know, the content piece that lives on your website is important. Um, would you say that's necessary or is that something that is a nice to have? 
Yeah, I actually, you know, I've wrestled with this for a lot of years because a lot of people would push back and say, I don't want to do content creation. I don't want to write a blog. But it is really one of the most necessary components. When we look at all of our clients that we've worked with, those who succeed have a content portion to their website. And that's especially true with e-commerce, right? Because people don't know about your product. They don't know the dimensions of it, the the features, or even the why or the story. So that allows them to connect and have that entry point So even though it's not a popular answer, yes, content creation is a big part of Pinterest marketing strategy. Yeah. And I've seen that for myself as well um, with some of our clients who are exploring Pinterest. You know, because people are so early in their journey, there's so, so much education that's needed and so much nurturing that's still needed once they discover the solution that you have to offer them. So I like that answer. And when we think about kind of like the tracking of all of this. Um, is there something we can do? Let's say we can see people are saving a particular pin, but what if we're seeing a pin that's getting a lot of saves, but not getting a lot of follow through, like clicks and things like that? Um, is there something we can troubleshoot there to try to encourage people to move them from, I'm thinking about an idea to I'm ready to kind of explore this further? Yeah. First, I would say look at time frame. So the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is they'll look at that save number within the first two to three weeks, even a month. And they're like, why aren't people clicking? We recommend that you look at it three to four months down the line and see, okay, why are people still not clicking? And then from there, maybe there's too much information on the pin. Maybe there's not enough context or it's just a pretty picture, right? That somebody just, Wonderlust is a big one where they get a lot of saves, but they're not really getting a whole lot of clicks or infographics. So again, if you're giving away too much information that the pinner doesn't really want to know more, they're like, okay, I'll save this for later and revisit it. So that would be one thing to troubleshoot. And then number two would be to try a new image with that to see if there's another phrase you can put on it or to see if there's just a little bit more of that billboard advertising kind of model with the drive-by like, oh, that's very interesting. Okay, I'll click to learn more. So just know that you have to also, this is another thing to think about is what are you asking pinners to do? And are they really clear on that? Or is it kind of like stopping them a little bit like, oh, this is really interesting. It feels valuable, so I'm going to save it, but I probably will never go back to it. So I think that's going to be different based on if you're an e-commerce person or your content creator, but it's at least something to evaluate four to six months after it's been pinned and why it's being saved a lot as opposed to clicks. Now, what about idea pins? I see this on our own account. We're test, we're taking basically Instagram reels and TikToks, posting them as idea pins. And yep. we are seeing more views for sure on our accounts. But my question always is, so what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to get your opinion on this because we've been testing it out. So this is yep. my totally selfish way of picking an expert's brain. Hey, that's the best way to get a great podcast, right? Yeah, like I I like exploring these things because I just like exploring these things. But yeah, as business owners, how should we think about idea pens? Mm. 
Okay, so I'll give a little bit of history. So Pinterest has always been really a static pin model. It's kind of a a standard pin is what they call it. So people click and then they come to the website. Well, then as they have this huge surge of users in 2020, and we also had the rise of TikTok with short form video, you saw TikTok really informing what the rest of these platforms did, right? So that's when we saw the rise of Reels. And in that time, Pinterest created what was called story pins. That's what it was originally called. Well, they changed it then to idea pins, which I think is just such a good name for them because they still wanted to keep that ecosystem of the pinners coming to search for something that they're interested in. So what's a great idea? And aha. So over 2021, we saw this just massive push from Pinterest to say, we want to get the short form video on the platform. We want to get it in the way of idea pins. Also, this fulfilled for Pinterest that they are the outlier where people move off the platform to get ideas, right? Well, all these other platforms, they stayed on it. So because they need to appeal to advertisers, because that's how they make money, if they can keep people on longer, then that gives them more data to show to advertisers. See, look, they're here. They're going to buy from you. So in 21, idea pins came about, they launched them, they wanted to make them really successful for affiliate tagging or product tagging. Now it's anywhere between one and 20 slides, and it's literally just that processing an idea with your audience. Very much video, obviously, because they want to recapture some of the TikTok stuff, but a lot of the aha moments. And so you are seeing people repurpose reels or repurpose TikToks. And Pinterest, is, as all other platforms had said, like, we don't want your TikTok, remove the watermark kind of thing, right? But one of the things about Pinterest that I think aligns with TikToks and can align with reels is when people are sharing a concept or an idea um, that they can walk very high level their audience through. So a lot of use cases we've seen are maybe people don't want to write a long blog post. So seed out an idea with an idea pin and see if it gets views and traction because it doesn't have the click, obviously, because it's keeping people on the platform. So now where we're at in 2022 is a little bit of this reconciliation between Pinterest push super hard for idea pins, but is their user base going to adopt to it? And I think that's really important from a marketer's perspective is to see, is my end user actually going to engage with this type of content on Pinterest? Are they already searching it? Because it will come in the home feed and there's little bubbles at the top now of the mobile app. And then there's this thing called the watch tab. And so the watch tab, it looks exactly like TikTok. You just kind of scroll through it. So in that sense, where we're at with idea pins is I do think they're good to repurpose. I do think taking, you know, reels and putting idea pins, we do the same thing here at Simple Pin. But just being very clear to see how they're performing With the caveat that Pinterest is testing the data, they're now looping, whereas they weren't looping before, they were going to a final slide where they were called to action to follow, and that as a result of that, the data numbers are going to be skewed. They're super funky in that vein. So that was a lot of information to throw at you, but I will say they're definitely something good to dive into. We can go deep, but we'll see how the user loves them. Let's say that. Yeah, I mean, I thank you for that because they are trying to stay relevant. And um, my sister put me on this, actually. She was like, 
sending me TikToks from Pinterest. And yeah. I was like, I saw this on TikTok like last week. <laughs> she she doesn't have a TikTok account. She watches all of her stuff on Pinterest. So, mm-hmm. and that's her platform of choice. And so yep. it's interesting how different people gravitate to different platforms. And so I love the idea of the repurposing. And I want to talk about that for your company as well, because I've been really enjoying your Instagram Reels. That's where I hang out with you. It's on yeah, Instagram. I love it. I hang out with you too. We, <laughs> we see each other online all the time. <laughs> Internet friends. Um, so, so what's your approach to creating content for your own company? Yeah. So I'll say that um, I'll kind of walk you through our content lineage, I guess, if you will. Google was always important. And then it really went into podcasting. And then it really went into Pinterest too. Those were kind of like my first three. And then Facebook was really big for me. And I had this super huge Facebook group and then I shut it down because it was driving me crazy and then went into Instagram. And I feel like I, I didn't really get the, it was hard for me at first to get the Instagram because I love the platform, but it was hard for my brain to get into this. Like, how do I really connect with people? And I slow down the most when I have to get into the details. So I I tend to be more of a visionary, right? So then I can think of the idea and I can record myself. But if you get me in the settings, if you get me in all this, I'm just, it's like, I'm out, right? So we set up a system with my team where I would record the video if I had the idea, and then I would send it to my social media manager, Tabby, where she likes the details. So she could get into the nitty gritty, put it on there, and then we could take it, we could repurpose it onto Pinterest. And now we are thinking about the TikTok piece too. I've dragged my feet for so long. Actually, I got on it yesterday. I will admit I said I'd never do it, but I got, I, I did it anyway. Um, so Instagram has been a really fun place, I think, to, man, I really try to put myself in the viewer's shoes because I like Instagram. I like getting caught up in people's stories and I especially like it when I feel like it's very valuable to me. And so it's just been really fun to recognize where my shortcomings are. And it's a lot in the editing details Then I just drives me absolutely crazy. And then I won't do it. Right. And I know not everybody has the luxury of having somebody on their team. So there have been a lot of times where I've had to force myself out of that. And even uh, I was playing with an idea pin the other day and I was sitting on the couch and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just bust past my laziness and just do this. And I just screenshotted a few things, put it on my phone and it did great. And, you know, maybe the next one might not do as great, but I just sometimes it's that step to just get past, just do it ugly. That's yeah. what I have to tell myself. I'm obsessed with that because I think that we can get caught up in the details. It's so easy, especially how frequently these platforms change. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And also we see it as a necessary thing for our businesses. Um, yep. I kind of cackled a little bit when you said TikTok because I'm like, everyone I know, I'm like, you should be on TikTok. It's so fun over there. <laughs> Well, and can I say this too, which I think I had an aha moment a couple weeks ago where I realized how closely TikTok and Pinterest align in the Mm. sense that I had so many people like your sister sending you this thing. She's on Pinterest, but she's seen TikToks because they have value for her. She's like, oh, this is such a great idea. And Pinterest was this great originator of the hack and the aha moment, right? 
And so now we have TikTok in this new iteration. So it's no surprise that people are saving their ideas from TikTok to Pinterest as a natural rhythm. And then they're going crazy from there. And even though Pinterest doesn't want this watermark on there, it's like you can't really prevent the that you have the corner market on the best place to save ideas, right? Yeah. And so people are going to bring them over. So I think that was the aha moment for me was like, oh, they're there. Yeah, I should. Yeah. I should do that. Yeah, they are. And I and I find that um, with TikTok as well, there's that discovery piece that Pinterest has as well. It's kind of like you log on and you go, what am I going to find today? Like that's kind of the vibe of TikTok as well. So there's definitely a lot of crossover. I'm glad that you explored it. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I've got two followers and no profile picture, but I'm doing it. <laughs> well, maybe we'll put the link in the show notes. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, so talk to me about what's next, um, especially yeah. for Pinterest. Where do you see the future of Pinterest going? Yeah. So I geeked out and read the fourth quarter earnings report from 2021, and it gives a lot of clues as to where they're going. And so I think it's still back to that investment in user experience because they invested in so many different launches. In fact, Q4, they said they did 50 different product launches, which was just this massive amount, right? Well, now they're investing in Pinterest TV. That's a new one that's coming. I don't, jury's still out for me on that. <laughs> I just don't know. With people consuming video in very short form poppy pieces, will they stick around for a longer version? And maybe they're going to be like the YouTube where people watch a longer YouTube video to learn more. It could be a good match. So they're working with specifically like 35 creators to help really get the push on Pinterest TV. So that will be interesting to see that first half of 2022, what that leads to, where that shows up in people's feeds too as well. And one of the things I don't think will change about Pinterest is the search factor, is the intent of the pinner. I don't think the pinner will switch and all of a sudden say, who can I follow? I just don't think that's going to happen. I still think it's going to be interest-based. I think another thing to pay attention to that I'm seeing is this younger Gen Z generation, which my kids, I have three kids, 15, 16, 12. My 16 and 15-year-old are on Pinterest because I won't allow Instagram or Snapchat for my kids. It's just, I think it's too toxic of an environment, right? And I'm not alone in being a parent in that group. And Pinterest, while every social media platform comes with some risks, it holds much less because there's not the conversation. There's not this heavy DM culture or looking at other people's lives. They're curating their own life. So I see as we get a lot of Gen Z kids coming online too, we're going to see a new wave of how they embrace kind of these idea pins and how they use the platform. And I also Pinterest, you know, they're they're growing globally. They are not growing in the US. So that's been an interesting thing over 21. At 2020, they exploded. And then over 21, they lost users. So they went up to 100 million and now they're back down to like 86 million. But they have made a lot of strides globally as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it's adopted that way. But again, I think it's back to the point of who the users are. Shopping, shopping is going to be 
another big push. That was big in 21. It's going to be big in 22. I think they're going to try to make shorter time frames between, you know, let's say it's that three-month buyer's journey. They want to make that a little bit shorter. So they released a verified merchant program. They have great integrations with Shopify. They were very clunky last year, though. There were a lot of shop owners who added these features that just saw their traffic just plummet. And so they pulled back on it because they were like, well, if I'm going to put my stuff over here and then all of a sudden it goes to a quarter of what it was before, I have a hard time seeing the value. So I think they've got to fix some of those product integrations for e-commerce owners. But um, I think it will be a big reckoning year for Pinterest. You know, I either it will grow back up again. If we see another decrease, I think that's going to be very telling, I think, for how especially I would say like millennials and, you know, Gen X use it. I know lots of boomers still use it, too. So they have this multi-generational platform. Uh, I just don't know how they're going to continue to latch on and grow. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm so curious to see where Pinterest goes because it's still part of our everyday language. Um, one of the my mom friends that I was following just made some cute little Valentine's Day pretzel chocolate things and said in the caption, you know, it's you know, she got the recipe from Pinterest. It's Pinterest worthy or whatever. It's like part of our yeah. language. So I don't see it really going anywhere, but I'm really interested to see what's to come. So thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, thank you for such a great episode. For those people who are listening, I know you have a quiz on your website. So talk to us about that. Yeah. One of the things that people ask us is, where am I at in my learning of Pinterest marketing? So we developed this quiz to help you know, like, are you at the beginning? Are you at the middle? Are you more advanced? And so we take people through and then we offer them, hey, here's a starter guide, or maybe you're in the grow phase. So that's on the front of our site, which will be a link in the show notes. But that's probably the best way that you can figure out what education you need when it comes to Pinterest. Because We've seen people dive in too soon to grow and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to go back to the beginning or maybe I had a different understanding of what Pinterest was before. So it's very big for us too to stay up to date. So all that content is as relevant as it can be with all the changes that are happening on Pinterest. Perfect. Definitely check out that quiz. I'll put it in the show notes, onlinedrea.com slash 197. And make sure you go follow Simple Pin Media all of the places, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Even TikTok. Even TikTok. So I'll put all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kate. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was delightful. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to another episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. Make sure to go on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a five-star review. Helps keep us in the top 100 marketing podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's all because of you and your support. Next week, I am talking all about how to find social media marketing clients. This one is for my social media managers, agency owners, freelancers out there. You're definitely going to love that episode. So stay tuned. I'll see you then. Bye for now.